Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor, taking your calls and your questions, 303-690-3000. That's the number to dial if you want to get on the air. And then if you want to text... Uh, we'll fill up some of the show with text messages. We have a dedicated line to that. It's 720-336-0897. 720-336-0897. Uh, that's for texting only. Don't leave a message. It's not a phone call. We're not going to answer the phone. It's set up specifically only to receive text messages. So please use it that way. Be in a safe place. But you can text questions, prayer requests, whatever you'd like. That's really the essence of our show. Whether you're here in Colorado or in Wyoming or Nebraska or you're up in the East Coast, Maryland, visited, had a great visit from a couple of uh, women uh, last night in our midweek Bible study that listens to us on Hope FM, and they visited the church. They were out here for the birth of a baby, uh, a granddaughter, I think it was, and we got to meet after service. So that's kind of cool. Uh, of all the places that they could visit, they visited here <laughs> in uh, Colorado, Aurora, Colorado. So it was great. Shout out to my buddy uh, Josh in Baltimore. They were from Baltimore, uh, and we got to pray together and be encouraged. And then uh, you guys up in New Jersey, I'm going to be there uh, in New Jersey. I'm going to be at Bridge Fest uh, that Bridge FM is putting on this year. And I'm also going to be teaching at Calvary Chapel in Old Bridge. For my friend Lloyd, Pastor Lloyd Pulley. So I'm looking forward to being there later this year. And then you guys in North Carolina and that region listening on Truth FM, welcome. Glad you're tuned in. Uh, give me a call. Let's fill up the phone lines and talk about the things of the Lord together. 303-690-3000. Uh, give me a call. And we'll put you on the air. Trent is running the board today, so he uh, will take the information and send it over to me. And we'll talk about the things of the Lord together. 303-690-3000. I was looking at my email box today. Got a couple things that we could talk about before the calls come in. And I'm good friends with the publisher of Calvary Chapel Magazine. It's a really a cool publication that highlights uh, a lot of the ministry that goes on in our little family of churches. Uh, and it is a little family. Um, but it's a great family to be a part of. But it's really... Not as great as being a part of the body of Christ, the family of God, but uh, Calvary Chapel Magazine talk, uh, called me not too long ago to talk to me, um, <clears throat> really to ask me if I would be interested in uh, doing an article for them on the topic of grief. Actually, the headline is Grieving the Loss of a Son or a Daughter, and I said, Absolutely. Because I think that the, the beauty of sorrow and tragedy is that God uses it for his glory. And, 
And it's just so exciting as more and more, as God brings more and more comfort and more and more healing into our lives, the, the whole story that surrounds the loss of my son is able then to be shared. And the reality of the situation and the warnings that come when um, there's a, a crisis and how to make those decisions, how not to make those decisions. Uh, and certainly one of the main uh, mistakes that Marie and I made, really we could say two mistakes, was number one, trusting man. Um, the Bible strictly forbids that. And when you put your hope in man, uh, you are <clears throat> disobeying God. And then secondly, trusting the wrong people. Uh, so you don't just make a mistake of trusting man. You know, just trusting man to be honest. Trusting man to be forthright, uh, upfront, not disingenuous, those types of things. Um, the Bible says to put your hope in the Lord. And then, you know, trusting the wrong people, but, but accept that the people you would expect you could trust. And so looking forward as... God continues to open doors for the whole story to come out. Marie and I sharing our testimony. Powerful stuff of the faithfulness of God, of the goodness of God. And so I was looking at my email box today, and the proof of the article came in. And I'm going to read it through and send it back. But I was reminded um, that, you know, not it, the story is not just about me. Uh, it's also about Justin and Janie Alfred, uh, also pastors who used to pastor here in Colorado. Um, but they... <clears throat> they lost their daughter Ashley to a murder. And, you know, so there's a two really um, unfair losses um, that has the temptation of, of bitterness toward people for their sinful, uh, sinful actions. And it's <laughs> just so awesome. I love the faithfulness of God. He's so good to us. And he's so faithful. And I would just say to you, if bitterness is knocking on your door, and I was just listening to Pastor Jeff here on Grace FM, Jeff up in Greeley, um, Jeff Figs, he was sharing how you know you just you're so mad at someone and and you're just so upset that you want to persecute them, <laughs> you want to get back, you want revenge. No way, no, no, don't do that. Leave it in the Lord's hands. Leave it in the Lord's hands. As Pastor Chuck Smith taught us, God, you, you have a choice. You can let God defend you, or who's, who is a great defender? Listen, I think this is a word from the Lord, because you know I don't pre-plan these conversations before uh, the show. I just talk until the calls come in, and, and uh, this just happened to pop up in my email box today. Um, and so it's perfect timing, and I think this is a word from the Lord. Listen, it's very, very important that you grasp this and that you hold on to this and that you, uh, you know, understand the will of the Lord. Pastor Chuck Smith, the founder of Calvary Chapel, a former pastor and founder of Calvary Chapel Costa Mesa, he's in heaven now, so he knows the real deal. But he taught us while he was alive that when you're, uh, when, when you're treated poorly, when you're being lied about, when you're slandered, when people are going after you, and on and on that list goes, and I would say that happens to a lot of different types of people, but especially pastors. So if you're a pastor listening in right now and you're on the other end of gossip or slander, 
You're on the other end of someone trying to hurt you. Imagine that, another believer actively trying to hurt you, trying to manipulate the situation to make themselves look better. Or it might be a family member that's twisting the truth, not even now not even dwelling in the truth anymore. You have a choice. Choice number one is you can allow God to defend you, like Hezekiah did. He took those slanderous letters and he laid, took them to the altar and laid them before the Lord. And he let God, he ran to God as a refuge and a strength. And here's the thing, here's the problem. When you live a life trusting God, the people that are doing this, instead of repenting, they freak out. And they're out of control because they're in the flesh. And they don't like silence. So they increase it. Remember what happened with Nehemiah? With Nehemiah, they, Nehemiah resisted the request to go to the plains of Ono. Remember that? And it so infuriated them that they continued to, after one, boom, 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 because they can't handle silence. They want control and manipulation. They want to hurt you. They want people to see it. They want to, they want to feel it. And that's why people don't trust God, because they think, well, God, you're just letting it happen. You're letting it happen. You're letting it happen. And you're not acting on my behalf. No, no, you you hide in the Lord. Let people do what they're going to do. You trust in the Lord. Or option number two is you can defend yourself. And you'll be limited to your own resources. You'll be limited to your own knowledge, which is so minuscule. And you'll ruin things when you take things into your own hands. You'll ruin it. You'll make it worse, I promise you. You are incapable of winning the spiritual battle because we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. We, we don't fight with human weapons, the Bible says. Words, emails. Like you get an email uh, of just slanderous, and you go, well, I'll answer that email. No, don't do it. Don't send a response. It wasn't from the Lord. And there's no need to respond to the devil's emails. You go, Ed, are you calling that person the devil? No, not at all. Remember Jesus? Again, the best place to go in these times is the Bible. And remember Jesus Christ turned around and called Peter the devil. No, not if you have to read the scriptures carefully. He was referring to what was coming out of Peter's mouth. Get behind me, Satan. What Peter was saying was not inspired of God. Because we know what it's like for Peter to be inspired by God. Flesh and blood's not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven, Jesus said. Well, when Peter speaks on behalf of the kingdom of darkness, get behind me, Satan. So don't answer it. They're just provoking you. They're, they're just trying to make things, they're just trying to draw you into the plains of Ono. And I say, don't go. When I taught that, I would say, oh, no, is the answer when you're being prompted to go to the plains of Ono. By the way, if you're looking for that, um, you you find this in Nehemiah chapter 6. So which choice will you have? Will you defend yourself or will you let God defend you? And you know, as you let God defend you, it may be a month, it may be a two, maybe five years or so, but the truth always comes out. The truth always comes out. And fortunately, as you just wait on the Lord, he renews your strength, and the truth comes out, and you'll be vindicated. 
by God. He will take every injustice and bring justice to it. And every mouth will be stopped. Let every man be a liar before the truth of God. And you can trust him. So I think that's a word from the Lord. Let God defend you. And as I'm reading this article, I'm just so grateful. Truth comes out. Truth is truth. You don't have to worry about it. You don't have to think about it. You don't have to make it up. You don't have to rally people around you to to believe you. You don't have to convince everyone. You don't have to build sides. Just abide in Christ, and he'll be your defender. 303-690-3000. Matt in Denver, Colorado is on line one. Matt, welcome to the program. Thank you for having me. I got to say, absolutely love the radio station. Um, Recently was listening to one of the broadcasts. I believe it was yesterday. Okay. Um, and I and I love you guys. Well, praise God. We're very grateful to uh, to be on the air. My question okay. today um, really kind of pulls the Old Testament and New Testament together. Okay. Um, All right. Your previous broadcast uh, talked about the Old Testament, and my mind went to uh, the elders at the uh, at the temple, and okay. when when he was around twelve years old, and and my question is, do you think that Jesus was instilled with the knowledge of the Old Testament, or do you believe that um, he studied that? And is there any Bible reference that kind of uh, covers that aspect? Uh, I, I'm trying. I'm trying to remember where that is. It's. In, I, I wanted to say it's in Luke, but I don't see it. Do you have a reference, real quick? That. Um, I do not. Um, okay, let me. I let do me not. Find I it. just. I just know that um, in the previous broadcast you mentioned how Jesus mentioned that he believed in the Queen of Sheba, and that uh, you know he he referenced um, you know multiple things from the Old Testament, and okay. it's just not clear to me how he knew that. Uh, Okay, well, there's a couple things that, there's a couple things working here. We do know that as a human being, right, so here's the the dynamic of Jesus Christ that we have to really think through. Jesus was in every way the unique Son of God, and one of the ways that he was unique, a one of a kind, was that he was fully God and fully man. And he became man, voluntarily laying aside his divine prerogatives in order to live life as a human being. But the laying aside of his prerogatives did not mean he stopped being God. So in his humanity, and when you so you're reading through the Gospels, you've got to identify what is being referenced here. Is it his humanity, or is it his deity? And when you you find that in the life of Jesus that he grew in knowledge and stature because he was human. And so, uh, like, when he was a baby, unable to communicate the Hebrew language or the Aramaic, he was a baby. He was a real baby, just like he was in the womb. Like, he wasn't—when he was in the womb, let's go, let's go into the womb. When he was in the womb, he wasn't reading the Torah. And I know it's—I jo- mean, I'm exaggerating, but you, he was a baby, right? You get, he was a baby in every form of the development. Does that make sense? It does. And so he continued to develop. However, he also possessed infinite knowledge. He was God. He was filled with 
the very same Holy Spirit that you and I were filled with as a human being, as God, the second person of the Trinity. So at, um, and let me get to, it's Luke chapter 2, so let, let me get to his, what the text says. Um, uh, let's see here. Uh, verse 41 of Luke chapter 2, it says, His parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem. It was the custom. They finished. They returned. They lost him, which, you know what? Uh, I lost my kids uh, at a supermarket once, but I didn't lose Jesus. <laughs> so they lose him. <laughs> they go back to look for him. And where is he? He is where the, he, it says, uh, after three days, they found him in the temple. He was doing two things, listening and asking them questions. Verse 46. Then as he was talking to them, it says in verse 47, that when they heard him, they were astonished at his understanding and his answers. So what, however he demonstrated himself to the, to the rulers there, I'm sure by 12 years old, he, he, he was articulating incredible doctrines and incredible knowledge with perfect 100% accuracy. And do you think at that time he was referencing, so he had to have been referencing Old Testaments if he was talking at the temple. That's, um, all, ex that's based, all that existed. Based on the split. Yeah, that that's is, all that existed. That, that is phenomenal. It, um, and, so, and, but, but think of it this way. So let, let's make it easy. Let's not complicate this. Let's, make it, let's drop it down to its base level. Jesus knew the Word of God. I mean, let's use that phrase. Jesus, the Son of God, knew the Old Testament because he wrote it. <laughs> I, I, I mean, that, that's, he, he is the author of the Scriptures. They, remember, he says, you search the Scriptures because you think you find eternal life, but they speak about me. And... I'm not sure what ref what broadcast you're referencing. If it was a was it me teaching or was it someone else? I feel like it was you. Um, really, the, uh, the, the it was kind of based on defending the Bible, right? And okay. The, okay. The, the naysayers uh, typically yes. like to go after Deuteronomy. I think was yes. the basis. Yeah, they love to go after the, the they love to put down Noah, but Jesus believed in Noah. They love to put down Jonah. Jesus believed in Jonah. Uh, yeah, the they fish. love to say Daniel was not a true prophet. Jesus thought he was a prophet. Like, like we always get involved in these these debates, logical, you know, depth of theology debates. When some of the answers are profoundly simple, Jesus believed in it. He authored it, so that makes him either a liar, which most people aren't willing to say. Some people are, but most people aren't willing to say that, or he knew exactly what he was talking about. And it's actually not your, your theological internet search YouTube video that you now heard that, oh, Jonah couldn't possibly, it was all narrative and it was all fairy tales. Well, then you're saying that Jesus was teaching a lie. Yeah, and that hit a chord definitely with me. Um, and, 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 and like you said, Jesus uh, is God and, and was also man and, and, to me, I think of it like a switch being an engineer, and and so at that yes. phase at twelve, you know, it's 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 a it was a fantastic answer. It gives me a lot of clarity, um, and I really appreciate uh, the information. 
Yeah, so let me give you one more. Let me give you one more thing to consider that is at the end. So we were reading in Luke chapter 2, but let's go all the way to the end of Luke. I think it's in 24. And after the resurrection, you remember, in Luke 24, we have these two men, the Bible says in verse 13, heading back to the city of Emmaus, uh, which we refer to, they're on the road to Emmaus. They're talking together. Uh, they are, I kind of picture them if I was walking with them. They're kind of kicking cans, heads down. Jesus is dead. Our hope is gone. We were wrong. He isn't Messiah. And they don't know anything of the resurrection yet. And they're going home. They leave in Jerusalem and they're going home. And it says in verse 15, while they conversed and reasoned, that Jesus himself, because he's resurrected from the dead at this point, drew near and went with them. But their eyes were restrained so that they didn't know him. And he said to them, what is this? What kind of conversation are you guys having? And they're going, didn't you hear uh, Jesus is dead? Don't you know what happened? And he says, I'm paraphrasing, you know, what things? And they begin to explain to him what's going on. And they have this conversation. And at the end of, of this paragraph... In verse 27, check this out. Jesus, It says of Jesus, And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, Jesus expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. <laughs> so basically, on the road to Emmaus, as they're walking, starting at Genesis, what we refer to today as Genesis 1-1, all the way to the end of Malachi, Jesus gave them an expositional Bible study of the Old Testament, pointing out whatever points he wanted to of exactly where Messiah was. You know, he could have gone through 330 prophecies with them if he wanted to. Just pulled it all Says, together. You know this? I'm familiar with that. That's me. And you see, the, see this red cord hanging from the window of Rahab? Yeah, that's me. And on and on, he could have, you see the tabernacle, you know, all the pieces, that's me. You see the scapegoat, the blood being, that's me. This mercy seat, that's me. That's me. That's me over and over again from the Old Testament. Yeah, it puts it in context and, and wraps it all together. It is, um, it is, it is something else. I know that um, I've just started reading through the Bible. Um, yes. I started from the beginning to the end. I don't know if that's the best first approach but um it is you know it's uh it's surprising how many times god gives us chances and it's just so i don't know enlightening i just i can't stop i can't stop i keep reading more and more every night and i'm just uh can't wait um especially when i get to the new testament portion and and being able to uh, read those those um references from luke i'm very much yes. looking forward to that well, let me let me also let me put some brackets on because you just gave me something that I'm gonna I'm gonna ponder. Um, I don't know that I recall ever seeing this before, but you just bracketed for me, and I'm gonna think on I'm gonna think this through. You just bracketed the book of Luke for me. It starts right early on in Luke chapter two with a young Jesus astounding the the religious teachers of the day in the in the in the Torah in the law, and the book of Luke ends with Jesus, the resurrected Jesus, doing the exact doing a very similar thing with two guys on the road to Emmaus. Um, I, I, one of the things that comes right to mind is that many people fail to recognize 
um, in our churches today, there's a there's a failure to recognize the importance of teaching through the Bible, like the whole thing from beginning to end. Um, there's a there's a most churches today have adopted more of a circular uh, five or six series of Bible studies in three or four sets, and then repeat them forever until the Lord comes back, and leaving out the weightier things like like we're we're studying as a church right now the Book of Hebrews, and he. In order to understand Hebrews, you really have to grasp Leviticus. Uh, Hebrews is the backdrop of Hebrews is not only all of the law, but significantly the old sacrificial system. And you got to mm-hmm. understand what the sacrificial system was, why it existed, how it was used, and how Jesus fulfilled it, um, which we're kind of breaking down for people. But um, the the prime that the point that I'm making is this. Let me ask you this question. We'll do it right like this. What was the primary, most important ministry of Jesus Christ when he was on the earth? What did he do the most? Well, he loved us, right? And he's well, and I should say he sacrificed himself Correct. for our sin. But let's but so so you're right. Not only is he the embodiment of love, and that was demonstrated on the cross, but in a practical way. Like for example, did you say you're an engineer? Yes, sir. So engineers do all kinds of things, right? But what do you do every day? What, what, like, what's the one thing you do every day? You do it the I most. I solve problems. That's your job, right? Yep. And then you probably have a particular um, expertise in this particular type of engineering. So with that in mind, in the three years that Jesus was on the earth, even going back to age 12, but in the three years, primarily when he started his ministry from his baptism— to his resurrection, what was the main thing that Jesus did? Well, I want to I want to say he opened up the gates of heaven for us, right? The um, you know nobody comes to the Father but through me, right? I yes. am the way, the truth, and the life. But here's what it's, I'm looking for. Let me. Here's what I'm looking for. His primary mode of ministry was teaching. Gotcha. He was a teacher. Yep. And many people miss that. They kind of they kind of see him as the miracle man, and he was. And they kind of see him as the 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 healer, and he was. And the embodiment of love and the kindness, and and he was all of those things. Even the answers that you shared, all true and all accurate. But when you distill down what has spent his three years doing, whether it was the with the three, whether it was with the twelve, whether it was with the seventy, whether it was with the multitudes. Jesus Christ was a teacher. And that teaching became the New Testament. In in essence, as well as his acts. What he said and what he did. We're going to come up on the break here, but let me end with this thought. We had a missionary last night, a brother in our church. He serves in North Aurora, does an amazing work up in the apartments where many different people groups have come from different countries and they live in our city. And he doesn't identify himself as a Christian to them. He doesn't use that phrase because from all the places they've come from, they don't know what kind of Christian he is. So what does he tell them? He says that I follow the teachings of Jesus, and they exactly know what he means when he says that. Isn't that awesome? It is awesome. <laughs> That's just so cool. And and so you're right. The life of Jesus becomes the embodiment of the entirety of the Bible, not just the New Testament. So chew on that and call me back sometime. Great conversation.
It was a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thanks, brother. Hey, we're coming up on the only break of the show, 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000. Give me a call. we got an open line. Text me, 720-336-0897. Uh, we finished a whole half a show without a text, so I wonder if that'll be a first. We won't get one text the whole show, and that's okay. Uh, even if we don't have calls, although the lines are, we have we have a couple lines full and one line open, it's okay. Um, because I've got a lot on my mind that I'd love to share, like the grace of God, the goodness of God. We already looked at, and I might repeat it for the second half, God, your defender, the truth will come out. Yes. Amen. It's awesome. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, welcome back everyone to the second half of Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor. I'm the pastor here at Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado. Aurora, Colorado is an eastern suburb of Denver. For those of you that listening on Hope FM or Truth FM, of course, you guys here in the metro area, you know. And I just got a text from Bill in Cheyenne, Wyoming, because Grace FM comes in pretty strong up there. He didn't want to be, he didn't want me to be alone on my text messages. So he texted. So shout out to Bill <clears throat> up in Cheyenne, Wyoming. Had a, a visit from a couple of sisters from um, Baltimore, Maryland last night at our church service. Uh, we we love our midweek Bible studies and how it's starting to grow again. I love it, love it, love it. Um, we are seeing our midweek Bible study grow. We're just about ready to start a new book of the Bible. Haven't announced it yet, but we will. And when I when we do, I'll make sure to mention it on the radio. Uh, we are we gather together. We have missionary updates. And Mar- March is a missionary month for us. Um, we, we, we support over 30 different missionaries, eight of them we've sent out from our own church, and we just want them not to be forgotten. We want them not to, uh, we don't want them to be forgotten, so we make a big deal in March to remind everybody of our missionaries, and we platform our missionaries so that they get a chance to update, and we show videos on the weekend, and, and we're doing something special. And maybe you can help. You can always stop by the church if you want. Calvary Aurora is on, uh, where are we? Hampton and Tower, right next to the Safeway there. And why don't you come? And here's the thing. So you can come and worship with us and make Calvary your home. That's great. But here's something we're doing. Maybe you want to do it. We are collecting change. Quarters, pennies, nickels. We're collecting change for the month of March for something we've calling change for change. And we're collecting this change so that we can put on a free pastors, leaders, and servants conference in the Philippines to support our missionaries there. So we're, we're putting on a conference, 500 bucks. Listen, 500 bucks will cover a family of four for this conference. We're not only providing it, but we're planning it. Pastor Ian and his wife Katie are co-leading this trip and... They're putting it together. It was a vision that God put upon their heart. 
Uh, we're connected to the Philippines for a lot of different reasons, but primarily Pastor Ian's parents are the missionaries there. And we have a goal with change. And you could put dollar bills in there if you want to. We don't, money's money. Um, but we're looking to raise $12,000 collectively through change to put on this conference. And we're going to kill that goal, I'm sure. But if you want to participate in it, do it. Maybe you could do it with the kids. You know, we bought these cups, these fl- these really bright colored cups, and we sent them home with people so you can bring them back full. I'm already, I'm already filling mine up. I had change in my pocket. I had change in my car. I had change in my desk. And I'm looking forward to participating. I'd like to fill the cup. Just with my change alone, um, the cup is more than a quarter full. And so we're going to bring it back, pour it into these big uh, water jugs, count them up, and then all those resources. If we exceed the goal, which I'm sure we will, then all that money is going to go to missions. And we're going to make sure that um, we continue to missions. But it's a fun thing. You know you got change around. You wonder what what's the big deal. Uh, I even had a family say, well, we keep change in a big water jug. We might just bring the water jug in. Great. If the Lord leads you to do that, fantastic. You know, this is a great thing to teach your kids how to give to missionaries from their own piggy bank. Uh, you know, when my kids are growing up, we had this bank that was divided into church, you know, for the tithe, savings, and and then uh, I think it was a store shopping. And it was a see-through thing, so you could see what was in there. And who knows, whatever whatever the kids want to give, get, teach them generosity at a young age. You could give quarters. It does, well, you know, I just want to give a penny. Give a penny. It's a penny more than we had before. And 100 people gave a penny. That's a buck. I mean, it adds up. Last year, we did this without the cups, without really major emphasis of it. Um, but we did announce it. And we, uh, I think it was $9,000 and change. And so it's a fun thing to do. All of it's going to go to ministering and continuing the work of ministry in the Philippines. And, you know, if you're on this side of town and you've got change, bring it in. Um, we're, th- we're kind of... Uh, we're, we're excited about it. 303-690-3000. Here's a text. Ed, what are your thoughts on Reformed theology, specifically five-point Calvinism? Uh, we do not. I do not believe, neither does our church teach five-point Calvinism. I, I do not accept the systematic teaching of Calvinism in any form. I'm not a one-point, two-point, three-point, because they all built together. Uh, and so I do not accept the, the systematic teaching of John Calvin um, at all. Um, even though I do believe in the depravity of man, not just how Calvin, uh, Calvinism describes it. Um, I do believe that in the perpetuity of saints, I believe that salvation is eternal, but not as Calvin defined it. I do not believe in any way whatsoever in limited atonement. I believe that Jesus Christ did exactly what he said, that he died for all, and that whoever, that's the limitation, it's not that... It's limited that he only died for a few. He died for all. But whoever believes in him would not perish. And that's who gets to enjoy it. So I reject limited atonement 100%. Um, I believe atonement is unlimited and available to everyone. I don't believe in double predestination, where God has predestined some in extreme Calvinism. Now, not every Calvinist or Reformed theology believes that, but... Um, I, be, I don't believe in double predestination in any way whatsoever. I don't believe in infant baptism. Uh, I don't believe in a lot of things that are within Reformed theology. Um, but I, I, um, I'm not a five-point Arminius either. Um, 
I, I want to be as close as I can to being a biblicist. Uh, and that frustrates a lot of people, uh, but it shouldn't. We should just be seeking the Lord together. Um, so that would be my quick answer to that. Let's get back to the phone lines. And we're going to go over to Ryan in Aurora. Ryan, welcome to the program. Thanks for taking my call. And, uh, You're welcome. Thank you for the Wednesday night services uh, that you've been doing about Free From Your Past. That's really helped me out. Oh, good. Um, and uh, it kind of relates to my question. I was, uh, I was a kid who grew up in church, um, believing and everything, and then just you know slowly but surely drifted from God. And then uh, recently, like two years ago, found myself you know way further away from God than I ever uh, thought I was. And um, so I'm uh, in the process of coming back to Him. And uh, so my question um, has to do with uh, the prodigal son and his return. And how, how does that story relate to Hebrews chapter 6? Um, uh-huh. where it talks about if, um, if you've tasted of the goodness of God and then you drift away, then there becomes no, no more repentance? No, that's a, that's a great question because um, we are... I did a series uh, within our study in the book of Hebrews, similar to what we're doing on Wednesdays, on this very topic, that the topic of backsliding, specifically mm-hmm. as it relates to Hebrews chapter 6, because Hebrews chapter 6 happens to be one of those passages that is in the top five, if not the top three, controversial passages in all the Bible. Uh, And so we slowed down to really give it some time uh, to answer this question. So I'm going to refer you to those series of studies that are on our app or on our website. Um, But I don't believe that Hebrews chapter 6 is teaching that a person is saved and then they become unsaved and can never be saved again. Okay, great. Uh, I don't uh, believe that's what you know. We and so what I did was I taught through the uh, context of that passage. Remember who he's writing to, um, the context of the book itself, uh, and and that helps to answer the question. the The group that's being described wants enlightened, tasted the heavenly gift, partakers of the Holy Spirit, um, speaking to them of falling away. That phrase "fall away" in verse six means to stray, to lapse, to uh, have you know even accidental faults. Um, You know the 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 views on this, and I'm kind of going through my notes real quick. These are those that there one group one view says that these are those that say there are those that say that this is describing our people that were never really saved to begin with. Uh, I don't think that's really supported in the text there. those words, you know, the word tasted is the same word that is used to describe Jesus when he tasted death. So he really did taste death, and I think these guys really did taste. Um, others say that it's a hypothetical question. I don't see that. But there's the third group that says there are those that this speaks to believers who are saved uh, and lose their salvation if they choose to fall away. Um, and I don't believe that. I don't believe salvation is temporary. I believe it's eternal. Uh, and so I believe that true believers can fall away, turn aside, and turn... The, I believe, like the prodigal son Jesus taught us, that it's very... It's it's extru, it, it's 100% possible that a son walks away from his dad. 
Yeah. And and the the pictures that Jesus are teaching us are very obvious. The Father represents who? God. With the and the prodigal son God represents who? <laughs> me. The prodigal. Yeah, you and me, right? So we know the pictures, and and one of the I love how Jesus puts it because let's just put ourselves in that in that place. Uh, or let's let's uh, let's put it this way: if a kid runs away from from home, when does that son stop being a son? Right. How far does he have to go? What what acts? Even if he went to court and said. Let's just say this. He goes to court and says, I don't want to be your son. I'm changing my last name. I am disowning you and never claiming you again. When did, does he stop being a son then? Nope. Even after he passes away, does he stop being a son then? Nope. I, I, I agree with you. And so I think that Jesus was very careful. I mean, obviously he was in teaching us truth. And I, I think that a backsliding... I, I think a person like the prodigal son is being described here in Hebrews chapter 6. And here's how I view the impossibility of repentance. While a person is in rebellion against God, it's impossible for them to repent. You can't do two things at the same time. You can't be A, rebelling against God, and B, repenting in the presence of God at the same time. Gotcha. And that was my conclusion. Now, if I'm wrong, um, if I if I'm wrong, and it's much more, you know, it's you know, it's more serious than that, or like, I mean, I, I think I can piece together enough of the Bible to see that salvation's eternal. So I'm confident in my view. But if I'm wrong, at the very least, it's a strong warning not to backslide. Don't do it. Yeah. You're putting yourself and, in rebellion against God. We put ourselves in an impossible situation, and we sow yeah. seeds of the flesh. The Bible says that we will reap a harvest. It will not be good. You will not get away with it. It will be hard. You know, think about the son coming back. We don't talk about it very much, but think about the prodigal son coming back. It kind of ends with the, his other son kind of being, you know, jealous and prideful. And But how about the kid? Do you think he lived with regret the rest of his life? Oh yeah, I think so. I mean, it may his be in different degrees, but he wasted his inheritance. He he basically told his dad, "I wish you were dead." Yeah. Do you think that didn't plague him at times? Do you think that wouldn't harm him at times? Do you think? I mean, I'm sure he grew through it, and I'm sure his dad loved him. But you know, in a weak moment, or you know, looking at his dad struggling and having to work extra, or any of the possibilities of real life. I think the boy lived with. The, I, th- I think the person in that position would live with the consequences of that the rest of his life. Yeah, and I, I so still. With the, uh... Sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. You go ahead. I'd rather have your follow up. Um, well, I was thinking about how salvation is eternal, but backsliding is possible, and um, yes. you know, if you die in a state of rebellion, um, but you you still have your eternal salvation. Because I've also heard that it depends on what direction you're going when you die. Well, let me ask you this with the same illustration. If the rebellious son died in the city, how did he die? As a? As a son. Son. The grace of God is 
startling to people. Yeah. This mess, even some people listening to me right now are maybe even yelling at the radio. No, that's not true. A person, a, a believer that backslides and dies in their backslide and loses their, and they're just so upset. But that's hard to really, that, that's hard to really justify. Now, I'm not, I'm not, there's other people listening going, well, Ed, you know what? If I can live like that and just die in my sin, then I might as well just go sin. But the Bible right. says don't do that. Yeah. The Bible, Paul says, should we continue in sin that grace may abound? And he answers his own question. Certainly not. Yeah. But if salvation is based be upon consequences for that, and there will be, and I, I don't know, it could be at the very minimum a loss of rewards. It, um, I don't know how God's going to sort it out. I just know that He's going to be just, righteous, and good. And because God is gracious, because our relationship with Him doesn't depend on our good works, but on His finished work, does not give us permission to sin ever. And when a person chooses to do that, you know, and people, I have to say, there's a category of people that Hebrews 6 reveals to us too, and that is people that say they're saved and aren't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know a lot of people that claim to be Christian and, you know, live in sin and think it's okay. And, you know, because I don't know the hearts of people, this is, this is how I've adapted my life. You know, if you say you're a believer, I'm going to treat you like a believer. And I'm going to hold you to a believing, to a standard of a follower of Christ. If you say you're an unbeliever, I'm going to treat you like an unbeliever. And I'm going to evangelize you and beg you to get right with God. If you say you're a believer and you're living like an unbeliever, then I'll treat you as a person that needs to repent and come back to the Lord. So I, Because I don't know your heart, so I don't want to give you a false sense of, I don't want to give a person a false sense of salvation. I don't know. You're right. living like a believer. I'm going to call you to. Rep- I mean, an unbeliever. I'm going to call you to repentance, and I'm going to trust yeah. God that's going to get to your heart. But when when we're in rebellion, it's impossible to repent. We have to humble ourselves before we can repent. Gotcha. Thank you for clearing that up. And I, I did a four. Like I said, I did four parts on the backslider, and somebody asked yeah. uh, text. Did I use Peter's denial? I probably did. I don't remember, uh, but certainly Peter denied the Lord and still was his follower, and he was a major failure. And yet, when he did return, Jesus didn't say, go fix everything you broke. He said, hey, just go take care of my sheep. Tend them, love them, you know, feed them. So thanks for your call today. All right. Well, thank you, Pastor Ed. I appreciate it. All right. God bless you. Bye-bye. God bless. 303-690-3000 is the number. Uh, we see here. We are moving on to Joyce calling from Maryland. Joyce, welcome to the program. Well, hi there. Good to talk with you. I've been listening to you for quite some time. Um, and I have a situation where I, I thought maybe you might be able to help. Okay. My children were raised in the church, but they've gotten away from it. My one granddaughter was raised in the Catholic Church, and so she has no no interest in religion at this point. But I've been praying for them, and they have both moved out of state. I'm in Maryland. They have okay. both moved. One moved to Pennsylvania, Dallas town, and okay. my daughter moved to Oveda, O-V-I-E-D-A, I think it is. Or, uh-huh. Yeah, O, O-V-I-E-D-O in Florida. 
And I thought if I could recommend a Calvary church for them to go to, they might go because they're in new areas and they want to make friends. So I thought this might be a way to help them. So there's a Calvary Chapel in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Okay. And and depending on how close that is to Dallas Town, they can always call the church there, and the pastor can share if there's a little Bible study in the area or another church that's closer. But um, Lancaster, closer Pennsylvania, to York, York, Pennsylvania. They're closer to York. Okay. Well, let's Is see. That here. any help to you? Um, so yeah, there's a couple of web- websites that you can use too to look for a church in the area. One is uh, CalvaryChapel.com. Uh, they have a church finding... I don't finding. have that availability. I just wanted to okay. give them a name and say, hey, why don't you go here and see what's going on, you know? Okay, so, so let, me, let me... Um, <laughs> I'm looking it up for you right now, so let me okay. talk while I'm typing, which is quite the uh, quite the challenge, the challenge, but let's see if I can find <laughs> here. So Lancaster, his name is Jim Friedman. The phone number is 717-291-2900. Okay. Nine seven one one. Okay. And then a friend of mine, a very good friend of mine, pastors in Orlando at a church called Reach Orlando. Called uh, Reach, Reach Orlando. Yes. Okay. And you can reach him at three two one. Eight zero four. Okay. Three one zero one. Okay. And his name is Pastor Adam, and uh, he's in that area. And, and it, again, depending, as they call, depending on how close they are when they get directions and everything, these brothers, uh-huh. they live in the area. They know what's going on, and and um, they're trustworthy to uh, to minister. One came out of my friend, uh, Tucson, Arizona, and I'm not sure where the brother in Lancaster, but he's on the list. Uh-huh. So I know the Lord is using him. Well, the one that you gave me, Pastor Jim, he's in closer to the York area, though, correct? He's in Lancaster. That's the only thing I can find when that when I put that so city. So you don't have one in only... York, okay? Yeah. Well, maybe he knows somebody in York. I'll call. Yes. And I'll call them myself because I just want to give them a name of a church and a location, and tell them to go there because I've been praying for them. But and I'm thinking, you know, if they knew some place to go and they want to make new friends and they want to branch out a little bit, that this might be a good start for them and it might help them to get more involved. It would. That's a great. I'm glad. A mama loves her girls. Well, you have to do everything you can. I mean, I pray for them all the time, but somebody good. else has got to do it because it's that's just the way it is. I'll help somebody else here, and then somebody else will help my girls somewhere else. That's very, very good. Let's pray for them. You want to pray? Okay. Great. Sure. Okay. Father, I pray for these young ladies as they have a mom that loves them very much, and we pray for the right people to come into their lives to grab a hold of them with the good news of the gospel, that they might fall in love with you, Jesus, that they might see their great need for forgiveness, that they might even feel, as only a daughter can feel, that they might feel her love which is really not only a mom's love, but the love of Jesus Christ through her. And so I'm asking you, God, to show yourself faithful, and I pray for for these churches that as they... I pray first they'll just make the call, that they would make the call, that they would please their mom. Like even if they just, okay, I'll do it for you, mom, then that's good enough for us, that they might make the connection as they're plugging into these new communities. And we look forward to hearing a call in the future that things have changed and that they've begun to walk with you in a powerful way in Jesus' name.
Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you. Oh, I, Thank I'm waiting you. for that call. God bless you. All righty. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000. Shout out to all you guys listening on Hope FM. Uh, we're so grateful to be a part of your lives, and you are not forgotten. We pray for you often. Just remember, if you guys are listening on in, in Maryland or, or uh, Pen, uh, Pennsylvania or New Jersey, the show you're listening to is aired. It's a week delay. That's like because we don't have the equipment right now or the technology to do it live, you know, because these are volunteer radio stations. I know you, you probably know that, but like these are church run radio stations. They're big and massive, but, but we don't have, we're not major corporations with major staff. So um, Pastor Bill and the team over there, they run our show one week delay, but while it's on, you can call and we're live. And you can call and talk live. You just won't hear it on your station for another week. That's anyone carrying our station outside of Grace FM. And then, of course, for you guys here on Grace FM, if we play an encore, then it's a delay. But otherwise, all the pastors are live, taking your calls live. Here's a little shout-out on text. Thank you for the reminder of God being my defender. Listen, for the last six years, God has been our defender, and he will not fail us, and he will not fail you. You just sit tight and wait and abide in Christ. Just wait it out. Even when it looks like nothing's happening or things are getting worse. Because it does look like that sometimes. Just the crazy. People sin so much they don't even acknowledge it's sin anymore. They lie so much. They gossip so much. They slander. They have my name on their lips and their mind more than they have Jesus. And they don't even acknowledge it anymore. Don't worry about it. You keep your eyes on the Lord. I was just reading today. I was so encouraged by this. And I've been reading a lot through the New Living Translation, uh, much more than ever, And because I need to see things fresh. Check this out. Listen to this. Those of you that are abiding in Christ, those of you that are waiting on the Lord, those of you that are being maligned, being lied about, being gossiped about, it's, there's not, it's not working. They're not making any progress. They're digging the hole deeper for them themselves you don't you can't control it i'm always amazed people will uh, post things and say things when they have my phone number believers they they could obey matthew 18 if they wanted to and let's solve it but they don't they do all kinds of weird stuff it's crazy check this out if then you were raised with christ seek though oh this is new king james but i like that too since you've been raised to new life with christ set your sights on the realities of heaven where Christ sits at God's right hand in the place of honor and power. Let heaven fill your thoughts. Do not think only about things down here on earth, for you died when Christ died, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your real life, is revealed to the whole world, you'll share in all his glory. Listen, and we're almost done with the show. Your real life is in Christ. So stay there. Somebody calls you to the plains of Ono, don't go. You don't belong on the plains of Ono. Nehemiah said, we are doing a great work. I will not go down to Ono. It was a plot. It was a plot to do great harm and destruction to Nehemiah. It was a plot to demoralize the people. It was a plot to stop the work and destroy the work of God. Don't allow it. I don't care if it's a person. 
or a situation or a letter, email, Facebook post, Twitter, text message, uh, the gossip chain. I don't care what it is. Don't go. Don't go. That's the word of the Lord. Don't do it. Just wait it out. But Ed, it's getting worse. Your real life is in Christ. So live your real life in him. He is your real life. Let heaven fill your thoughts. Do not think only about things here on earth. Let heaven fill your thoughts. Let heaven fill your thoughts. Let heaven fill your thoughts. God is your defender. God is your defender. Trust him. Father, I pray for those under great stress and pressure today, tempted to take things into their own hands, tempted to retaliate or act out in revenge. They're hurting. It's painful. Hurting people have a tendency to hurt people, Lord. Would you bring comfort and healing into their lives as they let heaven fill their thoughts? Would you pour out your spirit upon them that they might abide in you? In Jesus' name, amen. Love you guys, your family. We'll see you Saturday night at 6 o'clock, Sunday morning, 8.45 and 10.45. Calvary Church, go to calvaryco.church. Talk to you later. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.